Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. And discuss their worst depressive episodes. Yes. (laughs) I'm Kenyon. I'm Lucy. I'm fine. I'm Amanda. (laughs) We're gonna be fine. I'm not in the depths of one right now, actually, I have to say. A depressive episode? Yeah. You just had fun, though. That's true. I mean, it, it your could mama. start at any moment. Any time. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're a ticking time bomb. Oh, yeah. Could you're happen s- during this episode. You're sinking down whether you know it or not. <laughs> okay. Good to know. My goal tonight <laughs> is to trigger a depressive episode okay. in Kenya. I mean, it could happen. <laughs> I'm in some kind of episode because Corey has COVID and I'm just quarantining with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. haven't left the house in five days. Yep. 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 Which and is not like the worst thing for me personally, right. but mm-hmm. you know, I have another lot. friend with COVID right now who like already doesn't really leave their house, but they're like, it's so lonely. I just want the option. I right. know. I just I know. want the option of leaving. Yeah. Yeah. There's a huge difference. I yeah. know. Get also, your boosters. Like, those breakthrough infections are no joke. I got mm-hmm. my booster. Good. Mine's scheduled for uh, as we're recording it this uh, for next week. Mm-hmm. I am excited. I and my flu shot. For like at least two more weeks. Whatever. Yeah. I took a test today and I'm still negative because I'm apparently like bionic. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Not God would. And your husband feels fine. He's just a chef who can't smell or taste. Yeah. Everything's fine. Well, I, mean, you I, do I don't see the issue. Statistics show that you shed less virus when you're vaccinated, even if you get an infection. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not yeah. as easy to pass from a vaccinated person to a And we're a both vaccinated person. because mm-hmm. science works. It's pretty Anyway, all right. I don't all right, on the topic. <laughs> on that note, so earlier we were talking about daylight savings and how yeah. it's dark early or in the winter and the days are short. And that is especially true. In Scandinavia. Apropos. Mm-hmm. Yes. Will you, Lucy, be going over what encompasses Scandinavia? Sure will. Thank God, because yep. I have Q's and I need those A's. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got the A's, baby. Okay. <laughs> so this is a very special fan pick brought to you by... Say it. Okay. Say it how you think it is and then read their description. Lena... Yurding Uda. Uda? Uda. And now? Okay, so they wrote, Hello, confusing Danish Ds. The D in my middle name is a hard D, a.k.a. the kind of D you're used to. Nice, <laughs> nice. So nice. it shouldn't be too bad. <laughs> we are used to that D. Yeah. I don't think they meant that as funny, but I don't it was think so really either. funny. <laughs> I think they meant that as funny. <laughs> It's but too the, good. But the D in my last name is a soft D. Never good. Mm-mm. And sounds more like the T-H in the, especially the E oh, at the end. The. So it just sounds like the. I love the. it. The. In short, 
Here is the closest to the actual pronunciation I could make it. Lena Gerding Uther. Uther. Lena Gerding Uther. Lena Gerding Uther. Yeah. We got so good at this. I think we nailed it. We We're definitely basically did. Scandinavian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do know how to say one thing in Swedish. Jag pratar tyvar inte svenska. Where is the bathroom? Which means I, unfortunately, do not speak Swedish. That's, that's <laughs> If you're only going to know one thing in Swedish, that's the important one to know. You say it with perfect pronunciation. <laughs> it, it so did confident. throw some people because people, <laughs> I did use it in Sweden and people were like, how? Jones? <laughs> Are you sure? Okay. But that's all I got. I love it. All right. Well, Tucson talk for that, Lena. And uh, let's get to our wine crime pairing, Amanda. What are we pairing with Scandinavian scandals? Which is what Lena chose because we didn't really specify that. I don't know if you had said that. that. But it's fine. We're firing on... Doing great. Six, (laughs) one-sixth of a cylinder today. (laughs) We're not drinking wine this week. Schnapps? No, oh no, I couldn't. I, you know, I <laughs> no really had a, I had a hard time visiting South Korea in our one of our recent episodes. Oh yeah, you went for it. Yes. So yes, um, while I <laughs> I am visiting the the Scandi land in mm-hmm. this pairing, I have to be more careful. Yeah, <laughs> of your body. Of my body. <laughs> yeah. So I have prepared a cocktail that I looked up by searching Scandinavian cocktails. Oh. And I just need you to buckle up for my pronunciation of this. Here we go. This is from a blog called Outside Oslo. (laughs) And the cocktail I I have made, and it does not look as pretty as it does on her website, is a Blauber Soup. Inspired cocktail. <laughs> Blubber soupa. Blubber soupa. Blubber soup doesn't sound great. No. It's blueberry. Yeah. Oh, blubber soupa. Blubber soupa or bilberry soup. <laughs> Chilled in the summer or as a hot drink in colder weather is, you know, like a thing in. It in really the, is. Among Scandinavians. And this is a cocktail. That is inspired by Blaubersulpa. <laughs> it's because like a syrup. It's like a thick blueberry syrup. It is. The cocktail is you not. Heat up. But yeah, there's pictures of it on this it's like, really website. It's really good, actually. It looks amazing. I mean, I want to so, pour it on pancakes is what I really want to do. So are you saying that all of their like native cocktails, not all, but like a lot of their native cocktails are like day to night, can drink them cold or hot? No, what oh, I'm saying okay. is this is a, a cocktail inspired by specifically that blueberry syrup that can be chilled or or hot. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, which gotcha. is like a, a staple of Scandinavian like sweet cuisine. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So I did a slightly different take on this cocktail, but followed it almost exactly. I'll tell you the couple things that I changed, but this is what it called for. And it's fun because I opened this recipe and I was like, oh, I got fucking fresh blueberries in my Imperfect Foods box this week. Nice. <gasps> Perfection. I got mine today. And my herb garden, we are just about to transfer it indoors and I have like a fuck ton of rosemary. So I was like, nice. this, those are two of the ingredients. So this calls for a half cup of blueberries. It says you can use frozen. I just use the fresh ones. 
a couple fresh rosemary leaves, mm. six ounces of gin, two to four dashes of bitters, and a couple small sprigs of fresh rosemary. So what I did Fuck was yeah. I, I muddled a little bit of the rosemary and the blueberries, the fresh blueberries, and I didn't have bitters, but I decided to go slightly sweeter on this. So I muddled in one sugar cube to almost mm-hmm. make like a simple syrup. Mm-hmm. And then I poured in my gin and I just topped it with a little bit of sparkling water that I made in the soda stream. Well, fuck me. That sounds good. Yeah, that it's, sounds fucking awesome. Those are like really all of my good. favorite flavors. It's mm-hmm. really fucking good. It's, it's like mean, a candle that would smell real good. Yeah, too. it does smell good. It's got like some herbal to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I love I'm, I'll I'm put a rosemary in anything. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, for external use only. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well done. I am going oh, to wait yum. to open this bottle of red wine that I mm. brought upstairs with our new wine key, Limited Ooh, Edition. How <gasps> It's so cute. Yeah, our new wine keys are so fucking cute. If you haven't just seen got them, mine. you have Look. to check them out. They're upstairs, so I'm but, yeah. oh my God, they're so iridescent. Cute. They're really hefty, too. They got a good yeah. weight. Really good. I'm obsessed like, with it. They're like raver rainbow unicorn cuteness. I'm obsessed yeah. with mm-hmm. them. And Basically, they're like rounded edges. This. Very great. Nice. Yeah. And I'm going to wait to open this red, though, because I was stupid and applied lotion. And now I uh, now would not be a good time. No, okay. it would not. But anyway, so, cheers. Cheers. Oh, cheers. So, Lucy... What's our background and maybe psych for Scandinavian scandals? I got a little bit of psych, actually. Mm, cute. So, cute. to uh, clear up some cues for Amanda, Thank provide God. your A's, A's to your cues. Scandinavia, historically called Scandia, is a subregion of Northern Europe generally held to consist of the two countries of the Scandinavian Peninsula, which are Norway and Sweden. So they're that... That schlong that comes out mm-hmm. with the addition the of schlong. Denmark, which is kind of like the the balls. And right. I've got a picture, mm-hmm. a, a map on the drive, which will be on the blog to help you v- really visualize this schlong and the balls of Denmark. Okay. Some but authorities- the balls of Denmark are on the body of the rest of Europe. Correct. Hence, they are the the testicles. Yes. Not dangling from the schlong itself. The schlong dangles. The balls are hugged tight to mainland Finland is dangling kind of from the schlong. We'll get to Finland. Okay. Mm -hmm. Next sentence. Some authorities argue for the inclusion of Finland on geologic and economic grounds and of Iceland and the Faroe and Aland Islands. Okay, so the A has the weird little circle on top of the A. That makes an O sound. Oland? So Oland? Oland? I think. Oland? The Oland Islands. The gin (laughs) I'm drinking is from Finland. My friend lives in Finland, and the last (gasps) time she was visiting, she brought me some gin. Hello, Sylvia. I love you very much. OMG Finn! (laughs) Okay, so also the inclusion of those two islands on the grounds that their inhabitants speak North Ger- Germanic or Scandinavian languages related to those of Norway and Sweden. So there are arguments to include uh, that whole bunch in Scandinavia. So right. for the purposes of this, we're going to go with that. Okay. And to clarify, Scandinavia is not to be confused with Nordic countries, like mm-hmm. the Nor- like the Nordic North. 
So the Nordics include Denmark, Finland, Iceland, Norway, Sweden, and the Faroe and Öland Islands, <laughs> plus Greenland, the Bouvet, I- Bouvet Island, Jan Mayen, and Svalbard. Please don't ask me any questions. I don't know anything beyond that. Jan Levinson Gould Island. I, exactly. <laughs> I've never heard of some of those places. Uh-uh. A, I'm probably from some of those places, yeah. and I've never heard of some of those places. I yeah. believe that they're just like small territories, like kind mm. of around that mm-hmm. region. And they're not part of Scandinavia? And Svalbard Te- is a real not. place and not just in the Golden Compass books? Exactly. Svalbard is a real place. Allegedly, according to Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> we don't want to get sued by the anti artists. So what I'm saying is the North. I do. That sounds fun. Well, the actually. Flat, the flat artists. <laughs> we will get into the political. Up, we'll get into the political movements of Scandinavia in a little bit. Don't worry. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> So what I'm saying is the Nordic region is basically a more broad definition of Scandinavia. So they are different, but like kind of not just a little bit. Yeah, They have all the same shared core shit. Mm. Yeah. So Scandinavian or Nordic, this group of countries and territories feature a distinctness from the rest of continental Europe. Among their distinguishing characteristics are thinly populated northern regions, a relative wealth of fish resources, God bless, mm-hmm. long life expectancies, great health care, and high levels of literacy and safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a little dose of your etymology, because you know I love etymology. The name Scandinavia has gone through many iterations, all thought to trace back to Proto-Germanic, possibly Meaning something along the lines of dangerous island. Love that. You're going to freeze to death, but you're going to have a crip about it. (laughs) Well, actually, this makes sense because they're because like the Long Schlong Peninsula is kind of. (laughs) Or a petition to rename it the Long Schlong. The Long Schlong Peninsula. (laughs) Peninsula. 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 The Long Schlong Peninsula. Long Schlong Peninsula has lots of uh, long reefs offshore. Mm. So actually, to early explorers and like, you know, I guess colonists. Tough to land. Wouldn't call it tropical, but it is (laughs) tough to steer a ship through to safely land yeah. on the shores in yeah. many areas of Long Schlong Peninsula. Peninsula. <laughs> the name could also be related to the Proto-Germanic word for shadow, suggesting, and this is my favorite theory, that the goddess of Skowe may have been <laughs> once a per- personification of the geographical region of Scandinavia or associated with the underworld. Ooh, I'm Googling the shit out of this. Yep, Love goddess. this. Geographically, Scandinavia is fucking stunning. Mm -hmm. So as Amanda can attest, we've got the Norwegian fjords. So gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your pictures were so breathtaking. It's one of the best trips. I can't. I have to go back not as a Mm 16-year-old. Well, you went with our youth. The high school choir trip, right? Mm -hmm. Is that when you went? Correct. Nice. And it was amazing. Tickets to Iceland are also real cheap right now. Mm-hmm. We had I like, desperately want to go to Iceland, but I want to go to Iceland twice. I want to go. You got to go when there's the no sun and, and when there's and all the, the sun. Winter. Right. I yeah. will. I will warn you about the currently cheap Icelandic tickets. My sister booked a whole tour 
for like less than $1,200 recently, like mm-hmm. a whole tour with flights and everything, and they just straight up canceled. Well, because like, yeah, but things are very, very yeah. touch and go as far as but travel. Or post vaccine. This was like three weeks ago. So oh, post. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to go until steady. like mid 2022, but I want to do the same thing where you go. Because yeah. we just recently had so much show. Uh, solar storm activity where there were northern lights, like really intense northern light sightings mm-hmm. all over the upper Midwest. Mm-hmm. And we kept trying to figure out times to drive and go see them, but the cloud cover was really shitty. So then I was mm-hmm. like, fuck this, I'm going to Iceland and started looking at tickets and <laughs> yeah. The rest is history, but I did not buy a ticket. But it's very high on my list. Well, if you go buy, you know, trip insurance. Yeah, get travel insurance. Oh yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So we also have the Scandinavian mountains covering much of Norway and parts of Sweden. The low, the flat, low areas in Denmark and the archipelagos of Finland, Norway, and Sweden. Cool. Finland and Sweden have a ton of lakes and what are called moraines mm-hmm. because of their either current or prior glacier activity. And a moraine is basically a, a place that is or was covered in glaciers. I guess I cool. just said that. So this results in spectacular land formations like massive boulders and big old cliffs, like maybe where you wouldn't really expect clear them. waters. Crazy mm-hmm. clear waters and also like expanses of sandy silt. So just as far as like topography, it's a very unique region. Mm-hmm. You know that photo that's like it goes viral. I feel like every handful of months of I think it's either like a young woman either just laying out on like a floaty or maybe she's in a kayak or something on water that's so clear. It looks like she's just Floating, floating in midair. Yeah. I feel like that's from one of those places. Oh, I haven't seen it, that photo. I'll find it. It, com- it pops up on Reddit fucking all the time. Those waters, like up near the Arctic Circle, especially, they're so fucking crazy clear that it almost gives you vertigo to like look down into them. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of scary. It's, it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. So Scandinavia has more temperate climates towards the south. And even though it extends up into the Arctic Circle, it still has relatively mild weather because of its positioning relative to the Gulf Stream. Mm-hmm. So considering how far north it is, it's pr- pretty warm. Like, Hmm. on average, which I thought was cool. Relative. Everything's relative. Right. Right. Well, yeah. Relative to the cold side of Mars. The Arctic Circle. I mean, it relatively (laughs) gets to, like, 30 degrees below, but still, relatively, on average, it's Literally every year that happens here. It's warmer than it should be on that particular latitude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Okay, so my next quote is from a National Geographic article, and in all honesty, it's not clear from whom this next quote came, but the it's bell either tolls. <laughs> it's either the author of the article, Simon Worrell, or Michael Booth, author of The Almost Nearly Perfect People, behind the myth of the Scandinavian utopia. Not a myth. Oh, okay. I mean, they have problems, but like it's pretty. Who doesn't? Too. They have their fair share of problems. Mm-hmm. I think the ambiguity was because of the formatting when whoever copied and pasted into the actual internet uploading mm-hmm. system. So, mm-hmm. by yeah. the way, National Geographic, take a, take a look at that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love this quote regardless. So, it goes, quote, if you think of them, meaning the Scandinavian countries, as a family, the Norwegians have traditionally been the country cousins. And 
a, a further reading kind of makes me think that it's because they love being outside in nature. Is there? Are they calling them like like hicks? Uh, I'm trying to equate it to like Minnesota or American. You know, there are lots. Cousin. There's lots of Scandinavian tropes sure. and stereotypes that they lob at one another oh, yeah. in a loving competitive way. Like Minnesota and Wisconsin. Right. And They're will, all trash. We'll go through all of them. Don't yeah. worry. We'll go through all of them. Fabulous. But in terms of these tropes, the Norwegians are the cross-country skiing, loving, rural cousins. Mm-hmm. The Swedes have traditionally been the the big brother, like kind of the head, the head honchos a little bit. Then you have the Danes, who are considered a bit like the black sheep of the family, the younger brother who likes a drink or a toke on a spliff. <laughs> I'm, I have both of those in my lineage, and that tracks. Then you've got the Finns, who are kind of like the mad aunt in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's the end of the quote, but beca- I think it's because they binge drink a lot statistically, mm-hmm. and they have one of the highest homicide rates in Western Europe. Ooh. Oh my They're gosh! Fucking bonkers. How the fun! Finns are, Finns are nuts. Gray. We need and to I mean do that Finnish in the crimes. best way possible. They yeah. eat like an absurd amount of candy. Like not what? chocolate. We'll get to the candy, honey. Just, just fucking. We'll get candy. to the candy. <laughs> I need Finland to know their is... diabetes statistics in Finland. I Finland need is zero. Wild. Of course, of course. Because <laughs> they, have they also healthcare. ski everywhere, and it, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and their language is nuts. Like unrelated to anyone else's. They're also the closest to Russia, hence like the drinking. Mm. And so my grandma was half Norwegian and her thing of like the different Scandinavians, which cracks Zach up. And I know I've said this on the podcast before, but she would say that Swedes are dumb. (laughs) (laughs) The dumb Swedes. As a Swede. (laughs) Um, And she said that because like they spoke like the Swedish language and their accent is like a little bit slower than how Norwegians speak Norwegian. So she was like, well, the Swedes are dumb. They can usually all understand each other. Though. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. their languages are different, but they can but quite communicate similar. for the most part. It's for like Norway, S- Sweden, and Denmark, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And all the little like territory. Because each of those countries also speaks different dialect, languages. Yeah. Right. So also in... I mean, within the country, they right. speak different languages. Right. In the Midwest, you know, like on the East Coast and stuff, there were like Irish need not apply signs. Mm -hmm. In the Midwest, like in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, there were Swedes need not apply. Swedes need not apply. I've seen those. (laughs) They're like the Irish. Yeah. Yikes. But like way historically, Sweden was the overlord Mm -hmm. of Norway for a long time. So that there's like definitely some whatever. Also, my grandma- Hated people who took milk in their coffee because that's what the dumb Swedes do. What about almond milk? <laughs> I don't think they juiced almonds back then. What if you have IBS? <laughs> yeah, and know. it's best if you avoid dairy. Then you shouldn't live in Scandinavia, I don't yeah. think. Well, you can live <laughs> in Norway. Now they have almond milk. can drink milk. your coffee black or with sugar. It's yeah. Great. I don't know. I need, I need yeah. something. I can't. And then she said that the Danes are shifty and you can't trust them. Jesus Christ. Absolutely not. (laughs) 
The Finns are weird. Iceland doesn't count. And Norway is perfect. <laughs> so that was my grandmother's Checks out. So yeah. much white on white crime happening. <laughs> so much. She was all loving. We also went to the Swedish American Museum like every weekend. So, mm-hmm. you know, she wasn't holding that big of a grudge. Right. <laughs> Okay, so up until the 1830s, these countries still thought of themselves as distinct regions. But in the early 19th century, however, the Scandinavist movement arose. Now we're talking. I Mm -hmm. love a movement. Love a good movement. (laughs) Asserting the common heritage and cultural unity of the Scandinavian countries. The popular usage of the term in Sweden, Denmark, and Norway as a unifying concept became established in the 19th century through poems such as Hans Christian Andersen's I Am a Scandinavian of 1839. I read this poem. It's okay. It's all right. (laughs) There's like an intro stanza and then like, I am Norwegian. I am a Dane. I am Swedish. Uh, We're all great. Okay. That's pretty much what it was. Unifying. Like sounds like, like a, a Toby Keith song. It's like a sounds, pep rally. Sounds like a list. It's a pep rally song. <laughs> not a I poem. Mean, it's not bad. Yeah. I also have on the drive, which will be on the blog, a an artist's rendition of all three of those countries coming together and doing like a fist bump in the middle. Wow. Hmm. A lot of mustache. A lot of mustache. So they, these countries made a solid effort at a political unification at the end of the 19th century, but it fell apart because of distrust sowed during various war skirmishes in the area. So like Franco-Prussian-Holstein-Schleswig treaties, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. There was a yep. whole mess of... A <laughs> lot, lot of little wars that you have straight never heard of. Never heard right. of. Yeah. And happening. probably never will. It was a rat's yeah. nest of bullshit for like... Mm, 60 or 80 years. Yeah. And then they're just like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. We're tired. Well, frankly, the world wars really were just like, okay, we're going to hang out up here. Bye. You guys do your thing. Bye. Mm-hmm. Well, there was <laughs> occupation, but mm-hmm. Denmark got all the Jews out, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. They literally like went through the phone book and were like, okay, your last name sounds Jewish. Uh, the Germans need, are coming. You need anything? Yeah. We get yeah, out. We, we can't stop them, and so we're mm-hmm. going to get you out in the next, like, 24 hours. Mm-hmm. It's an but in terms story. of, like, participation, like, on the world stage, I think a lot of countries, especially in Europe, were like, okay, fuck those guys. They weren't putting any skin in the game for the most part. Mm-hmm. So there was there was a lot of shit in terms of the world wars, but just before the world wars, they were kind of infighting and then whatever. Mm-hmm. That is a very stupid overview of what happened there, but... That's the uh, the story of the Scan- Scandinavist movement. Scandinavists. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce that. Scandinavist. Why does why do people say Scandahuvian sometimes? My whole family like to be funny. Like you know, instead of saying like Target, you say Target Boutique. Like <laughs> that level of funny. Uh-oh. My family always is like, oh, because we're Scandahuvian. Probably because you're from one of the countries of Scandinavian. Who cares which one it is? Mm. Oh. Scanda whoever. Okay. I like that explanation. That's how that I always took it. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we have also heard of Forbes's list of world's happiest countries. Mm-hmm. And their 2021 list begins as follows. Number one, Finland. Number two, Iceland. Number three, Denmark. Number four, Switzerland. Number five, the Never- Netherlands. 
Number six, Sweden. Number seven, we're discounting is Germany. And number eight is Norway. So like basically one through eight. Socialism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes democratic socialism makes Mm -hmm. people happier. Funny how when you have resources... Healthcare, higher rights. taxes that nobody you know really that if quality you of life is get sick, you're not going to be plunged into generational poverty. Yeah, we'll get well, to it. Yeah. And a side note: the U.S. is number fourteen. That seems high. Seems really high. high. Yeah, it's actually higher generous. than in previous years. So, Ugh. what's this all about? As of 2015, Denmark had the second highest consumption of antidepressants. But that's a little bit misleading because they also have excellent health care and right. probably more awareness of well, the people need can actually for see- medications. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People can actually get on the meds that they need. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, if you have limited sunlight, mm-hmm. you need something to offset that. A thousand mm-hmm. percent. They also have among the highest levels of alcohol consumption. They eat the most candy. What else candy. is there to do in eternal darkness? They eat the most candy in the world, and they have among the highest consumption of pork products. Interesting. Oh, I love St. Paul pork products so much. <laughs> so maybe I like or not. I moved to Denmark. <laughs> maybe like salty pork and sugary candy and alcohol sort of mm. like offset each other. If that and was that, your whole and then diet, like long I don't know. Hikes in nature when it's like uh, cold out and you can bundle up. Lots of cross-country skiing. Great. Sign me the fuck mm-hmm. up. Salty meats, lots of candy. Candy and they just also, like trudging. They also like love to be alone. They love their cozy little huga 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 huts. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> what? It's spelled H-Y-G-G-E, yeah. so people call it Ike. Oh, it's Huga. It's For anyone know, who doesn't know, it's Huga. <laughs> Fires. They, didn't they make that fire crackling thing? There was like a, there is a show that's on, I think, a Norwegian TV channel. It's on Netflix, too. And it's now just it's a fireplace. On, now it's on Netflix, but the there Yule was log. a show that started in Norway on Norwegian TV, I'm pretty sure, of... Watching Just a fireplace, a fire. yeah, and then they like changed it, and people like voted on the different types of wood that they wanted <laughs> to be featured in the fireplace because they all burn slightly differently. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. Love that so much. I saw that on PBS a long time ago because it was pre Netflix, and mm-hmm. like. There was every once in a while, somewhat like phantom legs would come stoke the fire. Yeah, We'd all do cheer. A log around yeah. Christmas <laughs> every year. Best. It's so I think nice. there's also like a Finnish word for um, drinking alone at home in your underpants. Probably. There's yeah. like a word for that. Well, hoogabooskers is the word for your home pants. Mm. Oh. <laughs> your comfy pants, hoogabooskers. <laughs> I love that. Oh my god, I love but that. Good. But there if I were ever another... to be dragged onto a softball team, you that would be the Nickers. That <laughs> <laughs> basically I the is this. this over with yet? Yeah. Team. Can I put on my Hooga boosters boosters yet? <laughs> There's oh definitely a word Dude, for drinking that. at home in your comfy clothes, though. Yeah. That was like a meme that went around a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But they mm-hmm. also like just don't give a shit about social niceties the way that we do. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that definitely transferred over to like Minnesotanism. Mm. Like yeah. we will say hi and smile. They but won't we'll even be- do that. 
No. They won't make eye contact. They don't give a shit. It's like too cold to just, just like you just move it's on. Gotta look if, down, if you're a stranger, I'm not going to hurt you, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm also not going to engage with you at all. I'm not mm-hmm. going to give you a single jewel of my energy. Right. Right. It's mentally, precious. emotionally, physically, nothing. Yep. Yep. Which I love. I'm mm-hmm. into it. Okay. So last but not least, a little bit about the economy. The social and economic Nordic model doesn't hurt their happiness level either. And this is a quote from Wikipedia because I don't know what most of this means. Great. The Nordic model of welfare is distinguished from other types of welfare states by its emphasis on maximizing labor force participation, promoting gender equality, egalitarian and extensive benefit levels, the large magnitude of income redistribution and liberal use of expansionary fiscal policy. This includes a comprehensive welfare state and multi-level collective bargaining based on the economic foundations of social corporatism with a high percentage of the workforce unionized and a sizable percentage of the population employed by the public sector. So roughly 30% of the workforce are in such areas as healthcare, education, and government. Although it was developed in the 1930s under the leadership of social democrats, the Nordic model began to gain attention after World War II. The latter half of the 20th century saw some decline in some areas, quote, including increased deregulation and the expanding privatization of public services as part of a move toward free market capitalism and the private sector within the neoliberal paradigm. So hopefully this makes sense to somebody out there. But basically what I'm taking this as... (laughs) They have a lot of social services. They have mm-hmm. high taxes, but that also just benefits healthcare. Everyone, yeah, it everyone, people, and not mm-hmm. just the military. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So they also are There's like very corruption. pro pro union. Mm-hmm. They're getting more into privatization, but historically, but there's been not that much of that, mm-hmm. and so. Just economically, there was something that I read called the bumblebee economics, where like if you're thinking of like the 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 physics of a, a literal bumblebee, they're too they're too heavy to, oh. and their wings are too small. Like l- realistically, they shouldn't be able to fly, but they can oh. obviously. So that's what they, they there's a term called bumblebee economics that relates to this Nordic paradigm or it's like the this Nordic shouldn't model. work so well it but shouldn't it really work does. so well but it super does and, well, and, also and like, maybe it's only a matter of time till it fails but at mm-hmm. the same time it's worked for a long several generations of i'd be curious about area, so. the background of who wrote that article though because whether like the structure of an economic system and whether or not it should or shouldn't work i feel like and how do you define whether it or works. whether it's working i feel like there's a lot open to sub- the bumblebee thing yeah Oh, that's not just one article. That's like a a, a friend. I Googled theory. it. It's like, like a, a it's a whole theory. Yeah. Interesting. There's also like Norway, I think in the 70s, they discovered like a shit ton of oil in the territorial waters off of Norway. A load of oil. Mm-hmm. They had more oil than they do in the Middle East. Right. So before the 70s, Norway was like the country bumpkin poorer. Right. That it had a literal oil boom. Yeah. And then they discovered this oil in their waters. And so they have like a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. But for other countries that have a shit ton of money, there's like the resource curse. So either they're like invaded by right. us mm-hmm. or and like 
fucked up, hello, Iraq. But, or it's like Saudi Arabia or other countries in the Middle East where like they're, you know, the people are very coddled. The population like has a lot of money, but they don't have a lot of democratic rights because mm-hmm. the government controls all the money and the government's only ex- them. they're almost exploiting themselves in right. places like that. So it's like Norway's found like a sweet spot. Right. Which is extremely rare for countries so with it's like still kind of early to tell if we want to call it a sweet spot, but sweeter yeah. than for mm-hmm. example Saudi Arabia so far. Mm-hmm. And so, one other fun fact they leave their babies, even when it gets really cold, in the oh, strollers yeah. outside. I have told you chill. that multiple times. I know. It's I'm nuts. T- when we were shopping in uh, in Bergen, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like all these little cute little row shops like on uh, fucking canals and shit. So mm-hmm. and these shops are tiny, and so the like the moms would come out to do their shopping, and the strollers with the children in them are mm-hmm. just like bundled up in a row on the sidewalk in front of the shop and they all just go into the shop and just leave their kids out on the sidewalk. And yeah. it's like totally fucking normal. Nobody steals yeah. the babies? No, no. nobody, because no. nobody's doing that shit. And it at daycares and stuff, there's like a, a theory or a, you know, ideology that it's good for kids to be super bundled up mm-hmm. so they're not cold. But outside. But outside. And so they'll have like nap time uh-huh. outside even in the winter, but they're just like hella bundled and it's good for the health. Hella bundled. They're, they're <laughs> king in Norway. Like there's like a, there's a very beautiful castle like in Oslo where the king literally stays like with the royal family or whatever. And he flies a specific flag to let people know he's home. Yeah. Like there's no privacy. Like, they have a little <laughs> bit of, like... Can um, they come knock on the door? I mean, there's, like, security guards, but no, they're police, and, like, nobody carries guns. Like, we we went to this castle, and we didn't, like, go in, but it's the security guards are out. It's, like, two guys at, at the gate. <laughs> the gate, which is open. <laughs> and then, like, a very specific flag, and we're with, like, a tour guide, and the tour guide's like, oh, the king's home. <laughs> like, that just lets you know he's here. Okay. It's like, no one feels ta- like that would not be a thing at the White House. <laughs> no. Like they're, they're n- the 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 level of just like extremism Safety. and say and feeling like targeted is not on. It's not like they're not doing the active shooter drills. Let me. No. It's well, so, I will it was say, so bizarre. Since you were in Norway, and also since a, at least two of these articles that I cited were written. There yes. has been a lot more extremist activity yeah. in these countries. Absolutely. So what, these anecdotes are not necessarily applicable now, but yeah. the last at least until recently. I was 10. Yeah, it's probably so safe different. to assume in, in terms of like child raising and some of those other more like small town cultural things probably haven't changed a ton. But, no, but yes, like I'm national sure there security have wise yeah, and absolutely. like shooter drills like that Anders, whatever the fuck his fucking stupid fuck yeah. name was. Yeah. yeah. Who shot up that whole island. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. I mean, things the yeah. globalization of violence is mm-hmm. still happening. Yeah. But it's not like it is here. Exactly. And all this to be said, I think they've like I think their life quality is much better over there but mm-hmm. there are issues there's a lot of issues around racism because mm-hmm. it was traditionally such a homogenous 
society and now mm-hmm. there are like more and more refugees and just more like ethnic diversity and linguistic diversity and it's globalization and yep. that causes some people to freak out and have backlash yep. yeah so yep. absolutely you know and nowhere bigotry is perfect. exists everywhere oh but yeah nowhere is safe from that kind of shit but that said i really want to go to scandinavia now if only for the mm-hmm. sweaters because that sounds Great really sweaters. fucking cozy gorgeous mm-hmm. sweaters very expensive but worth it we should worth go it. yeah well nice. if, you, show. if you go and get lucky like me you can play put one or two kroner in a slot machine at a gas station on the way to a fjord and then win like two hundred dollars and get a sweater with that that's nice. amazing. Mm-hmm. Well done. Dang. They don't All right. hard at the gas station slot machine. Well, <laughs> let's go hard at these next sponsor ads. Yeah, yes. so they can send us to, to on a Scandinavian <laughs> tour. The sweater tour. The gal yeah, the sweater sweaters. tour. Navigating the thousands of prenatal vitamins available online and on the shelves can be a Challenge, to say the least. Yeah. Bit overwhelming. Uh, How are you supposed to know which ones to choose? And is there even, like, that much of a difference between them? I'm sure someone at home is screaming yes right now, but I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. (laughs) And, like, modern fertility does the obsessive researching for you. They look into everything around every doctor-backed nutrient and they dug into the details with their medical advisors to develop a prenatal multi that stands apart from the countless options out there so that you don't have to stress about it. Yeah, and you know what adds to the stress? All Hmm. of the targeted advertising Mm -hmm. towards, oh, I don't know, women in their early 30s Mm -hmm. who the internet knows doesn't already have kids. Yeah, they know. Uh, Our devices are listening, Mm -hmm. and it can be... Very overwhelming. Yeah. So God bless Modern Fertility because the Modern Fertility prenatal multivitamin is packed with 12 essential nutrients recommended by OBGYNs to support your body before, during, and after pregnancy, people. Love, love. They cover the gamut. Mm Mm-hmm. These pills are also vegetarian, they're gluten-free, and there are zero preservatives or filler ingredients that you really just don't need. Mm -mm. It's everything you need, nothing you don't. And Modern Fertility balanced iron and other nutrient levels to keep your tummy happy, and they infuse every capsule with a hint of citrus to make each serving go down extra easy. I feel this because I get an upset stomach Mm -hmm. at, like, a strong breeze. Yep. I'm yeah. right there with you. I hate taking pills. So just that little detail, like they're thinking of you. They're thinking of you. And your comfort. Mm-hmm. The prenatal multi also comes with a free, beautiful blue reusable glass jar to keep your monthly refills in. It's really cute. It's like a frosted glass, like a royal blue. Cute. It's like, it's pretty and also subtle enough to like leave out on the counter where, you, mm. where you'll remember to take it, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. And each month's shipment of new capsules comes in just like just the pouch. So you're oh. cutting down on packaging waste. It's incredible. I, I love, love it. That. Nicely done. So your prenatal multi subscription gets you 60 capsules per month for 30 bucks. 
But right now, our listeners can get 30% off their starter kit, including one month of capsules and a free glass storage jar at modernfertility.com forward slash gals30. That's modernfertility.com forward slash gals30. That's G-A-L-S three zero for 30% off your Modern Fertility prenatal multivitamin starter kit. One more time, that's modernfertility.com forward slash gals30 and treat your reproduction. Treat it. You know, the holidays are uh, upon us. And with that comes prodding questions from your grandmother about when you're going to get married. Hmm. Unzipping your pants subtly under the table because you have taken thirds, fourths, and fifths. Fifth harmony. It's a staple part of every holiday gathering, honestly. Yeah. And for those of you who are back at the office, I am feeling for the people who are just like getting cornered at an office work party. Oh, no. By like that guy. Yeah. I. It's not great. But, you know, with third love, at least you know that comfort is always a given. The holidays can be hectic. They can be stressful. They can be downright uncomfortable. And this holiday season, you can give the gift of comfort with third love, your one-stop shop for everybody in your life. You've got ultra soft loungewear for mom, fun sleepwear sets for your sister, premium active wear for your friends, And, you know, luxe intimate sets for yourself. Give yourself a gift. Give your partner a gift. Feel good all the time. All day wear that hugs better, holds stronger, and supports longer. Tell us more, Lucy. I gotta say, at least regarding bras specifically, Mm -hmm. Third Love offers the most form-fitting, comfortable bras Mm -hmm. that I have ever adorned Mabad with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. First of all, they have this fitting room quiz. So it's basically like a personal shopper. We've talked about breast shape before, but like Mm -hmm. your shape, everybody's shape is a little bit different, you know? So this quiz focuses on obviously your size, your shape, your current fit issues. So if like things are bulging or poking Mm -hmm. or whatever... You can plug that in Mm -hmm. and your personal style to fit bras and underwear that are perfect for you. This fitting room quiz has helped 18 million people with boobs find Uh. their true bra size. And you know what? I've said it before. I'll say it again. I got two drastically different sized boobs. Mm -hmm. You know what? I just do. This is the this is the hand that I've been dealt and I'm dealing with it with third love because the, the the this fitness quiz mm-hmm. has helped me find the exact right type of bra that has a removable pad on each side. Yeah. So like I can choose which side gets a little bit extra oomph. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I hate more than like the boob gap. The yeah. boob gap is so real, and especially we got sweater season coming yeah. up. You want your you want your gals looking good. You know what I mean? Yeah. The spillover. The spill. There's either a spillover or a, or gap. a gap. Yep. I'm with yeah. you. I'm yeah. With you. So this is like essentially a like a custom bra fitting yeah. service. I absolutely love Third Love. I also. Side note, did recommend it to my mail carrier. So that's oh, how good it is. 
I love chasing down your mail carrier to scream, you should get this bra. Uh, she approached me. I love it. Which is the best part. That's phenomenal. You're sharing the love, the mm-hmm. third love. Yes. And feeling is believing, so upgrade to everyday pieces that love your body as much as you do. And right now, you can get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash gals. Again, that's 20% off at thirdlove.com slash gals. And treat your bod. Treat it. Are we ready for my case? It's a doozy. I, mean, I don't know. Never. <laughs> Stura Bergvall, mm. fucking nailed it, I think, was born in 1950 in Fallon, Sweden. He grew up in the small village of Korsnash. Korsnash. Kors- of course whatever. she did. Of course she did. <laughs> and was one of seven siblings. But as a child and teenager, Stura struggled to fit in with his peers. He would later describe himself as a, quote, creative and ambitious child, which is terrifying, optimistic way of describing himself. Mm. And he had (laughs) dreams of one day becoming a writer or actor. Hmm. He was often at odds, though, with his strict Pentecostal (laughs) family. Mm. And this tension increased when Stora realized that he was gay around age 14. And just like a side note about... Pentecostalism, which swept the U.S. in, like, the turn of the 20th century. And there was a lot of, like, traveling preachers and speaking in tongues. The and snakes. Like, mm. Snakes right. and big tents and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then just imagine that, but in, like, rural Sweden. Scarier. Mm. It's, v- it's that, but even scarier <laughs> and more isolated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got Colder. It. Midsommar. Love it. Big fan. Yeah. Huge. So knowing that his sexuality would not be accepted by his family, he hid this fact from his parents and coped with the stress of hiding his secret through escapism. And that was namely by experimenting with drugs like amphetamines. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Like you do. Like you do. Aquavit wasn't enough for Stora. Ugh. (laughs) So around the age of 19, he began getting into criminal trouble. He was accused, and I just want to preface and clarify that, like, his sexuality is the actual only reason why he became a criminal. No. (laughs) (laughs) Let me make this very clear. (laughs) We're taking a hard ideological turn on this show. Yep. Uh, Switching it up. He was a homicidal gay. (laughs) Homosexuality does statistically make you a murderer. It's not me. It's the facts. Oh, Oh, my fucking God. (laughs) That is sarcasm. (laughs) Somebody out there is not going to realize I'm fucking kidding. Someone's going to tune in at just that minute and be like, (laughs) Amanda's turned. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) Fuck this shit. For the literalists out there, (laughs) his sexuality had nothing to do with his crimes. It was just the fact that his family was very repressive and that couldn't have helped his mental health. And that may have contributed 
to yeah. may have may well, have contributed. Maybe forensic psychologists here. There are lots of fucking straight sociopaths out there too. So anyway, yeah, I mean, psychological distress and trauma absolutely can compound a right. lot of shit. Right. It's not uncommon. So at 19, he was accused of molesting multiple adolescent boys and of attempting to stab a former lover. Mm-hmm. Okay. Despite his creative ambitions as a child, he never really made much of his life and continued to be periodically arrested throughout the years for various assault and drug charges. Then in 1990, he robbed a local bank while dressed in a Santa Claus costume, yes. which is... You've covered this case before. I <laughs> had a freak out that I had, but no, that was nope. a different person in it's a Santa It's a different Claus. Santa. Different Santa. That was and, during SantaCon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the U.S. Right. Yeah. So I thought that person was a genius, but turns out maybe they read about this dude. Or the maybe person was still a genius, though. Neither here nor Whoever there. Whoever they are, because like they were never There's like four criminal gone. Santas that we've covered on this I know. show. That's I like the them. common thread. Yep. Criminal Santas. Criminal Santas. We're changing the name of this show. Criminal Santas and wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Done. So 200 episodes. <laughs> so so Stura wasn't so lucky. He should have waited for SantaCon mm-hmm. because he was caught. He was convicted of armed robbery and confined to an institution for the criminally insane. At the North Pole. Oh. <laughs> they made him an surrounded. He by made elves. wooden oh, toys no. for little girls and boys. But he wanted to be a dentist. Oh a my dancer. god. <laughs> A dancing dentist. I just want to dance. <laughs> so, it's like a weird Footloose meets the Island yeah. of Misfit Toys mashup. The elves weren't allowed to listen to rock music. <laughs> John Lithgow is inexplicably there. <laughs> oh, my God. That's taking all my boxes. I would watch this movie. <laughs> right? That was interesting. Footloose meets got, North it's Pole. It's got Kevin Bacon. It's got true crime. Kevin James. <laughs> as Santa. All the Kevins. Kevin as Tim, as Allen. Kevin. Tim Allen as Santa. <laughs> Tim Allen's fucking terrible, but. Yeah. Fuck. But who is Santa it? Claus. <laughs> the Santa Claus. The Santa Claus holds Which up. I I'm made sorry. my mother watch and Bill watch this past Christmas. Yeah. And I don't think they'll ever forgive me for oh, it. I was like, I love, I love this it. movie. I have so I've, good. Oh, I the cocoa machine. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Need it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Need it. Anyway, anyway well, this is now Santa Claus and Crime <laughs> and Wine podcast. And so, also the actor who always plays the stepdad. Always. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. With mm-hmm. the sweaters. He's always the, the stepdad. Yeah, God, I need to look up. I'm going on the IMDb. The yeah. Santa Claus. Go ahead. Continue. So, Go ahead. <laughs> so, Institution for the Criminally Insane. North Pole. Uh, uh, at the North Pole. Around <laughs> this time, he began going by a different name, Thomas Quick. And Quick had been his mother's maiden name, and he just came up with Thomas. He was a creative and ambitious child. Yeah. And in the regular therapy sessions that were part of his sentence, Quick began disclosing some shocking things. He told his therapist that the armed robbery and various assault charges that were on his record had been far from the extent of his crimes. Mm. In fact, he claimed to have been responsible for one of Sweden's most notorious unsolved mysteries, 
the disappearance of an 11-year-old boy named Johan Asplund back in 1980. Why are you telling your therapist this? Well, he's already in an institution. Yeah, that's true. During a series of therapy sessions, Quick said that he had lured Johan into a car outside Judge of- Reinhold. Yes. That's the name. <laughs> That's his name. That's his name is name. Judge. Yes. yes. And his IMDb photo is like him in a 10-gallon hat. It's unreal. I'm sending it to the chat. He's always the stepdad. Is he still working? I mean. Of course. This hat is still working. <laughs> Tell you what. Still working on me. Still working for me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Ryan. It's the hard D, the kind of used right. to. Known for Beverly Hills Cop, Fast Times Not at Ridgemont High. Team. He's the guy who got through, mm-hmm. like, came in the bathroom oh, yeah. with totally. a bathing suit scene. Oh, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop 2 and the Santa Claus. He's known for four things. Oh, he's known for the Santa Listen. I knew him for the Santa yeah. Claus. I mean, that character was so fucking annoying. Some of his I most recent it. work is Four Christmases and a Wedding TV Movie 2017. Hey, he's been and he also, the Christmas movie. He also mm-hmm. played Harry in Bad Grandmas. <laughs> so he's thriving. Okay. Good for he you, was Judge. In broken a musical. I'm looking into that. Broken? Back yes. to this okay. case, because there's a lot to cover. Okay. Well, I'll so, be over here reading about Judge Weinhold. You can carry on as Do <laughs> what you got to do usual. for your mental health as yep. I describe this horrific crime. Always. So <laughs> Quick said that he lured 11-year-old Johan <laughs> into a car outside of his school, took him to a secluded area, and raped him. And again, remember when he was growing up, he had assaulted multiple adolescent boys. Mm-hmm. He claimed that he then panicked about Can't what look to at do. Amanda's text right now. <laughs> I'll add it to the drive. It's really bad timing. Yeah, it's terrible timing, Discuss but I didn't know later. what was coming next. <laughs> you knew before you sent this picture of Judge Reinhold. Well, not a, I didn't know the In details. In a 10-gallon hat. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Okay. So, claimed that he panicked about what to do with the boy, strangled him, dismembered him, and buried his body parts in the woods. <laughs> Our cases are so similar. No, they're not. Yes, they are. Trust me, you will get to it. Did you guys do the same thing again? Not even close, no. but there are, I don't know, something in the Baltic, something in the water. Mm. Oh, it's, it's the long so, reef. His therapist, the his therapist contacted police and Quick repeated his story in interviews with them. So now teams of investigators were sent to search the locations described by him, but Johan's remains were never found. And this was, again, one of the most high-profile cases ever in the country. Mm-hmm. Poor Johan. Johan's parents were baffled to learn of Quick's confession. They had always strongly believed that their son had been murdered by a jealous ex of his mother oh. as revenge for her leaving the relationship. So they always Ooh. thought it was, they had someone in mind. They thought it they was right. Judge Reinhold. They thought it was Judge Reinhold, essentially. The ex of his mother's ex. ex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure enough. Yeah. Not so, so much. As prosecutors scrambled to put together a case against Quick based on his statements to police, he began confessing to yet more murders. Oh. Is he full of shit? Over the course of several years of meetings with his therapist, Quick confessed to more than 30 murders. No. I'm suspicious of Quick. These murders covered a large range, both geographically and chronologically. 
They had been committed in Sweden, Denmark, Norway, and Finland. I wanted to mm. I wanted to get the hat. Scandinavia. Trick. Scandinavia. <laughs> and dated from 1960. The hat trick. <laughs> the Ryan, I wanted to get the Reinhold. I need the Reinhold. <laughs> Secure the Reinhold. The 10-gallon hat trick. <laughs> you are and, a sp- queen of sports. <laughs> <laughs> and dated from 1964 when he was just 14 to 1991 when he was institutionalized. Mm. So he went into grisly detail in these sessions describing how he had raped and dismembered multiple victims and even on occasions eaten portions of their remains. Was he able to lead investigators to any of the remains? Just that one and they didn't find any. We will get to it. Okay. So it seemed that Quick was the most prolific and brutal serial killer in Sweden's history. Fuck. This is like some Green River killer shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or even some Israel Keys. Israel Keys mm-hmm. shit because he really didn't have much of an MO necessarily, right. like That's for true. picking victims. And mm-hmm. also, like, it's possible that Israel Keys started really young. Like, it's mm-hmm. possible that he started at like 15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So scary. So the Israel, or the Israel, <laughs> the Swedish <laughs> press began referring to him as our Hannibal. Oh. Ooh. Between 19- as far as pet names go, not great. No, mm-hmm. I'd prefer Judge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old 10-gallon <laughs> Judge. Between 1994 <laughs> and 2001, Quick was convicted of eight of the murders that he confessed to. Wow. Just wow, based wow, wow, on wow. the confession it's alone? Well, you know, it takes more than just a confession to convict. Right. But yeah, and he, he yeah. confessed to 30. He was convicted for eight. Okay. The earliest crime he confessed to was the 1964 murder of a teenage boy named Thomas Blomgren, or Blomgren, I don't know, in the town of Fexio, which fell outside of Sweden's 25-year statute of limitations, but the case was considered by many to be finally closed after the confession, so I can't believe that There's a statute of limitations on murder? I don't know if there still is, but at this time there was. That's in Sweden. fucking wild. Yeah. Well, no, I know not here, but that's, right. that's bonkers. Right. Yeah, that surprised me, too. I don't know if there still is. This was in, well, this was in the early 2000s. I'm Googling this. Judge Reinhold, statute of limitations on murder <laughs> in Sweden. <laughs> Your Google search history is so manic. It's all, and I never clear it, ever. <laughs> My cookies are like Instagram the is like, I don't even know what to pitch to this bitch. <laughs> the last thing I had open. Meds, meds. Hot <laughs> space. A weighted blanket. I have local eclectic. David Sedaris, Des Moines, and why do goats have weird eyes? <laughs> oh my God. Mine are definitely not that fun. How do I find? Sweden's government has proposed abolishing. Okay, wait. This is as of 2009, though. All right. I don't know. It's unclear. And all of these articles are really old. No way to know. Yeah, you keep mine talking. are boring. Okay. But this was in like 2001, 2002 they is removed what she was it saying. In 2010. Okay. Good to know. So there is no longer a statute of limitations in Sweden. Good. For murder. So somewhat strangely for a serial killer, like we just said, the murders that Quick con- was convicted of showed no obvious patterns or similarities. 
He killed both children and adults, raped both men and women, and used a wide variety of weapons and didn't favor any particular geographic location, although, you know, they were all in Scandinavia. Right. A journalist named Hannes Rostam began to feel that something was not adding up. Mm, All right. He was able to gain access to Quick's therapy notes, and he meticulously went through all 50,000 pages of them. Nope. In addition to court documents and police interviews that he had done. Too much work. Even though he had his... <laughs> that's why, that's why nope. you are a comedy podcaster yep. and not a journalist. I do a segment, not an episode. <laughs> no, nope. nope. And that is my sweet spot. Good night and good luck. Between nothing and minimal, that's my sweet spot. There she is. <laughs> Between what did I have to do today and oh shit, we're recording. I'm recording in an hour. Oh god, <laughs> I just woke up. Oh shit, we did the same case. <laughs> so I know my niche. <laughs> in addition, I'm to- proud. <laughs> So even though he had his initial suspicions, he still came away shocked that in all that reading, he found no description of any actual physical evidence in these cases that Quick was convicted for. (laughs) No mention of DNA, fingerprints, murder weapons, eyewitnesses, nothing. Hmm. Mm. It was just his confession then. So Rostam decided to interview Quick himself. Upon someone showing doubt in his stories, it didn't take long for Quick to break down and admit to having made up all of the confessions. Oh, and all these families who thought, well, then maybe it was Judge Reinhold. It probably was. In that first case for Johan, it probably was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then this guy, this asshole doing a false confession, let the actual killer off the hook. Which is true for all of these cases. Yeah. Wow. He's just stirring the pot. He's just mm-hmm. bored. Mm-hmm. So Rostam, the journalist, learned in this interview that Quick was regularly allowed to leave the institution on day release and would spend his free time at the local library reading up on unsolved crimes that he could then, like, construct a confession oh, around. Oh, that's And he so could, like, sick. line up timelines too yeah. Yeah. to be careful he didn't confess to anything that he was already incarcerated yeah. for that's right. so sick it was through this research that he uncovered details that he could use to make his confessions seem more credible but everything mm. that he said was either made up or was in public knowledge yeah yeah yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. in the press judge and reinhold like, would never do this right eh, and half, though holds a lot of secrets Although, as Rostam learned from reading through Quick's therapy notes and police interviews, he often got many more details wrong than he got right. A mm, uh, red flag, you yeah. might say. And the police just he still overlooked it. Did it. No. Well, and I mean, they we just see this- want a. They just want a conclusion. Yep. They, they don't want a nice. They want to put a bow on it. Exactly. Call it like, a day. That is an issue in policing. Fucking everywhere. Yep. So, for example, when he confessed to the 1988 murder of a nine-year-old Norwegian girl named Therese Johannesson, he had initially said that she had been blonde and lived in a rural village, which sounds like his own personal fantasy. Right, but also everywhere. She had dark brown hair and had lived in an apartment complex in a dense city. And they were like, yep, he did it. 
Yep. We got our guy. So fucking gross. Nailed it. Quick, however, was adept at reading people's responses in these interviews. And so when his therapist or the police didn't seem excited by a detail that he had included because it was fucking wrong, he would change tack and be like, oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. I'm getting confused. It was because I've murdered so many people. I mixed this up. You fucker. Yeah. What a fucker. Yep. Oh, so Rostam had noticed when reading through the police interviews that they often had asked him leading questions mm-hmm. and continued to press him if he answered incorrectly at first. So they, they gave him second chances to get the right answer. And then if he accidentally hit upon the right answer first, they wouldn't press him. Well, and shit, it's a lot easier to close eight to 30 murders with mm-hmm. one guy saying that he did it than to actually, I don't know. Put in mm-hmm. the work to investigate. They just want that. Cl- they just crime. want those clearances. That's it. Oh yeah, yeah. And he I'm, did have an actual rap sheet. Mm-hmm. So like he he did actually commit some crimes that yeah, lined up with some of these crimes. It's not that it's out of the realm of right. possibility, but, but yeah, no, it, a confession shouldn't be enough. And I mm-mm. I just said that because Lucy caught on too quickly. Mm-hmm. She always does. It's the worst. <laughs> the worst. So those initial (laughs) incorrect first answers would then be edited out of the transcripts that were presented as evidence in court. Okay. They would would do like a dot, dot, dot. You know, they should like an ellipsis and like skip to the good part. That is tampering with fucking evidence. Well, it's they're not going to provide the whole transcript. So they're like, you know, forget this part. It's too confusing. This is the part where he confesses. No, fuck if it that. if it's withheld from the transcript, it's technically not evidence because it wasn't submitted into evidence. I know, but right. it should be considered tampering with evidence. In well, reality, it's up. evidence. Well, but, yeah. technically, it's not. That's what's I fucked up. I feel like a defense team. Would catch that. Right. But because this guy is mentally unwell and he's confessing, he doesn't have a defense team defending him. Right. They're just trying to looking out for this. They're trying to like mitigate the severity of consequences. They're not trying to get him off. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the case of. I don't know if it's Teresa or Therese Johannesson. It was later discovered that evidence had been presented at Quick's trial before proper forensic testing had been performed on it. Because they just were like, well, he confessed, so it's definitely... They, like, didn't even bother testing it against him. After Quick had confessed to murdering Teresa or Therese, investigators had combed the area where he claimed to have buried her body. They were unable to find anything except for some, quote, bone fragments, Mm -hmm. which were presented in court as evidence. But again, before they had been forensically tested, they could have been anything. Right. These fragments were later determined to have actually been composed of wood and glue and were not, in fact, bone, let alone human bone. You got to be fucking kidding me. Let alone her bones. Wood and glue? Yeah. It's basically what Lucy hid amid her kitchen construction. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that was just plastic bones from the hardware store. They said it, mm-hmm. you know, they said it was bone fragments or little pieces. They, they, you know, they, I'm sure they thought it was bone fragments. But maybe, maybe don't say but you it until you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's such And even if it is bone fragments, you don't know if it's your victims. Like, look right. at the Mara Murray 
stuff. It just yeah. came out that the the remains that were found near where mm-hmm. she disappeared and are everyone not thought hers. this was a huge lead. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. It's just it, you got to be careful because there's so many people just don't know who are waiting on those answers, and mm-hmm. you know you don't want to like fuck with everybody's hope when we don't mm-hmm. know yet. What what the situation is? Yeah, you have to be extremely critical. Mm-hmm. That's that's really irresponsible. Mm-hmm. As Swedish press coverage began to shift gears from describing Quick as a vicious serial killer to more skeptical examinations of his stories, the confessions fell apart at an alarming rate. Yeah, in the they case would. of the 1964 murder, which had fallen outside of the statute of limitations. Mm-hmm. Quick was found to have actually had an airtight alibi, so there's no possible way. It couldn't have been him. Yeah. That he had done it. On the day <gasps> of the murder, he had been attending his own confirmation at okay, church sir. at the Pentecostal church in his village, which was over 300 miles from the town where Thomas Bloomgren was murdered. And also, like, Thomas Quick was like 14. His yeah. Own confirmation. Right. His he own was confirmation. definitely there. There's was, photos of yeah. him getting a wafer put in his mouth. Well, that's first mm-hmm. convenient. But still. Yeah. Probably something. some snake thing. Something. I don't know what they do. Yeah. There are multiple photos of Quick at his confirmation and numerous eyewitnesses who attended the event. Good Lord. Another of Quick's confessions to the murder of two African refugees who had seemingly disappeared without a trace was proven false when the two were eventually found alive and well. <laughs> <laughs> who, who initially <laughs> that, investigated this shit? <laughs> I, I mean, they don't have a very high murder rate, so I feel like they might not have enough like experience. But this double checking to make sure that the alleged Someone's victim alive. was dead would well, be like step it's one. It's hard when it's a disappearance and you don't have a body, you know? Like a lot of a lot of people are, you know, disappear and you don't have a body, but they're presumed dead. And then in this case, like I think that these two guys maybe didn't want to be found. Uh, well, yeah, if they were maybe undocumented or something, right. I'm sure they'd be more difficult to find. But that's one example of many where these investigators fell real short. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, not defending them, but yeah. yeah. Oh, God. So in 2008, Quick appeared on television with the journalist, Hannes Rostam, and denied having any part in the eight murders that he had been convicted of, nor the numerous others that he had confessed to. Because the only evidence supporting the murder convictions had been his own confessions, Quick was able to successfully get all of them overturned on appeal, a process which took about five years. In the States, I feel like that wouldn't even be a given. Yeah. Because after you are convicted... You, you can't. I don't think you can just rescind your confession and and get an appeal. No, you know yeah, I mean, it, it I would be a case so. by case thing. But mm-hmm. I don't think that all of those would be overturned in the I don't U.S. Think so either. In 2012, as he awaited the final verdicts of his appeals, he agreed to an interview with the British journalist Elizabeth Day. When Day asked him why he had chosen to concoct the murder confessions, he responded, "Quote." It was about belonging to something. I, oh my God. Join a knitting club. I was a very lonely person when it all started. I was in a place with violent criminals and I, you were a violent criminal. You literally like molested multiple people and did an armed robbery. Like for sure, you did those things. So like you were supposed to be there. And I noticed that the worse or more violent or serious the crime the more interest someone got from the psychiatric personnel. Oh my God. He wanted fucking attention. Yeah. 
I also wanted to belong to that group to be an interesting person in here. Oh, my God. Just get Instagram, okay? What Mm -hmm. a fucking sociopath Mm -hmm. or a psychopath. I'm not sure. But there's no regard for mm-hmm. what these actions would have downstream. No, no exactly. it's probably no regard for the victim's families. Yep. Nothing. None. It was yeah. purely Just for himself, himself yeah. and attention. Oh, that's so sad. And I'm sure he's right. I'm sure people who can who did crazier shit well, yeah, got the more attention. People who have the more extreme need usually right. get more resources. Right. Or, That's how it's you know, supposed to work. the personnel working there are studying certain behavior behaviors, so they want to study certain people who exhibit those behaviors. You well, know, right. like, and then once everybody you start has lying, their own self-interest. Then so- once you start lying about fucking unsolved crimes, like, yeah. right. duh, you're going to get attention. People right. want those crimes solved. Yeah, right. it's... A, it's a, Eventually, it has nothing to do with like the symptoms that you're exhibiting. Ugh. If you start saying I killed right. these thirty get, people, you're gonna mm-hmm. get day trips to be interviewed by police. You're yeah. gonna, you know, show us where you buried the bodies. The whole yeah. fucking thing. God, yeah. the fact that he got away with this for this long is really sick. Yeah, even like preparing for a trial would be something of interest, something to keep him busy. Yeah, I mean his his motivations, different. considering that he's obviously a damaged person right for mm-hmm. lack of a better term that's understandable all of these investigators and these people that were right. prompting him to just keep going i think right. are culpable as well a hundred percent absolutely so in her article day details the medication regimen that bergvall or quick was placed on when he arrived at the institution he was prescribed a cocktail of benzodiazepines luck and Lock. given dose, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and given dose, if I had no other responsibilities what and no regard for my own health, sure, I don't got to do laundry or run errands. Mm. God, I'm not, not advocating for the abuse of prescription medication. No, but of course we're not. Unless you're doing already that. committed to an institution, and then <laughs> go ham. If I were already committed, I don't give a shit. And given doses every couple of hours, quote, enough to knock some people cold. When Day asked Quick or Bergvall, and I'm going back and forth now because he changed his name back to his original name. Okay. I bet bet he did. Yeah. Yeah. When she asked him about the effects of the medications, he responded, quote, the drugs were very important. I had free access to them and I relied on them to get me into a condition where I could tell stories and make them up. A lot happened inside of me. I'd get high, I'd get a kick, and then I'd have lots of fantasies. Ew, he was getting off on this shit the whole time. My imagination would run wild. In one sense, they gave me a lot of creativity. It was like a vicious circle. The more I told, the more attention I got from the therapist and the police and the memory experts, and that meant I also got more drugs. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yep. Yeah, you're just saying what they want to hear to maintain, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And this, they're giving him ride. whatever oh, so yeah. that they could hear what totally. they wanted to hear. Yeah, yep. it's so fucking cyclical. Ew, yep. this is gross. And it all makes sense. Everybody is acting in their own self-interest. The cops want to have crime solved. Mm-hmm. The psychiatrists yep. want to have, you know, interesting, crazy Patients to work on and help. He wants his drugs. He wants attention and drugs. It all makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, this is so sad. So Day also interviewed Bergvall's lawyer, Thomas Olson, who took on the case after Bergvall began recanting his confessions. Olson stated that he did not believe that Bergvall to be dangerous, but stopped short of saying anything overtly positive about him because mm-hmm. he's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. I don't like people too much in general, but of course, if you spend <laughs> so much time Says with his lawyer, <laughs> his lawyer. I relate to this deeply. I get it. But. Yeah. But of course, if you spend so much time with a client, you always see the person behind the headlines. It all mm-hmm. starts with a little boy under a Christmas tree playing with toys, and it mm-hmm. ends up very tragic. Somewhere along the line, everyone is a victim, which I'm mm-hmm. sure is true. His family was fucked up, too. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he grew up in a religious cult and Mm -hmm. was a closeted, you know, gay person. And it's everyone is a victim. Yeah. Down the line. A woman named Jenny Kutim, who worked as a research assistant to the the first journalist guy, Rostam, was much harsher in her judgment of the situation, stating that, quote, he was a mental patient in a mental hospital. He was the only one who didn't have a job. The other people around him were the ones who were meant to be saying, no, we don't believe you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you have to actually or prove, prove it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to fucking say you don't believe him. Just before you take 30 separate confession statements as fucking yeah. gospel. Prove it. Go go get the tangible evidence mm-hmm. to back it up so that you can stop that shit in its tracks and go, mm-hmm. okay, this is bullshit. We're not going to harm any more of these families. Or take it to trial. Right. right. At the end of the day, it's like training a dog. It's yes. like, oh, do what you want me to do. You get your treat and you get some outside time. Mm-hmm. Right. Get, some, get a treat and a walk. Well, it's very similar to, you know, children who falsely, yep. you know, are, are led by adults to mm-hmm. falsely report or falsely remember cr- yeah crimes yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's so fucking frustrating so finishing this woman's quote in that sense you cannot blame Stora Bergaval because a lot of the people around him should have said no mm-hmm. at the same time he's also to blame because he's hurt a lot of people by telling these stories yeah there's At- definitely fault in a lot of fucking hands here yeah mm-hmm. After his last conviction was overturned, Quick, or Bergeval, who now reverted back to his birth name, Stora Bergeval, was set free after more than 20 years. So he's out. Mm-hmm. The only that condition, doesn't seem right either. The only condition, well, I mean, he was put away for armed robbery of a bank. Yeah. So he can only really serve that sentence, probably yeah. plus additional charges for, for like, like falsifying reports, yeah. whatever. But also yeah. he was sentenced at a time where there was justice. a statute of limitations on murder. So like, right. yeah, what do we expect? You know, I know it's it's you're right. It's that's not right that he only saw that much time for mm-hmm. these injustices. But yeah, I'm also not surprised by that. You can't lock someone up for just being a wackadoo. Right. right. Like. The only condition of his release was that he refrained from alcohol and drugs. In 2013, the journalist Panis Rostam's book, Thomas Quick, The Making of a Serial Killer, was published. Did this book roast him? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think it did. He roasted himself. (laughs) So this was published posthumously because the journalist passed away. At 56 from pancreatic and liver cancer the day after he finished his manuscript. So he literally, this was like his life's work. Because he broke the story. I mean, he literally was the one person who was like, this doesn't fucking track. Oh. You know? 
I and mean, then at least he got worked to up see... until the moment he died, basically. And my grandmother died of pancreatic cancer, and that's a painful shit... way to go. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's awful. My grandma died of that too. Yeah, it's not twinsies. It's really <laughs> fucking bad. It's terrible. Well, took her quick anyway. Yeah, ah, quick. So in 2015, a documentary called The Confessions of Thomas Quick was released. The film includes interviews with Burkeval himself, who repeats the claims he had made to Elizabeth Day that he concocted the stories out of loneliness and a desire for attention. Wow. The filmmakers also lay out further details as to how and why Burkeval was able to continue confessing to murders he didn't commit. The film claims that the police fed him details during yeah. questioning that he was able to build a convincing enough narrative that would, it would hold up in court. And he was rewarded at every mm -hmm. turn. He it should just started a podcast, honestly. Mm -hmm. Get an Instagram. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Because TikTok's famous. Loneliness yeah. and a desire it for attention. It doesn't look that hard. It's really hard <laughs> to become TikTok famous. It's really hard. if you pay hard. for your phone. Oh, true. It also presents evidence of Bergval being given special treatment at the institution, such as drugs and special therapy sessions on mm -hmm. demand. Yep. A private office with internet access. Are I'm you sorry, fucking what? kidding? Because he had to prepare for his trials, which okay. is his, which is his right. Warner office? I don't know. And restaurant meals when traveling to visit murder sites. So probably like fucking, you know, fast food or whatever, but he um, still got to like get out for the day. I'll take it. Take me to Outback right? Steakhouse, honey. Yes. I would lie for Wendy's. Absolutely. I, and a blooming onion. Yeah. Mm. Although, I've done more Texas for less. Roadhouse. <laughs> I have done Dumb. more for less. A lot less. <laughs> a lot less. <laughs> and a lot more. And a, a lot, lot more for a lot less. <laughs> it's alarming. <laughs> <laughs> Although it is pretty universally agreed upon at this point that Bergvall's confessions were entirely fabricated, there are some who express doubts and think that he did do some of it. It's been no. proven that he hasn't. So a judge, Judge Ugh. Reinhold, named... <laughs> yes! <laughs> it all circles back. Goran Lambert's who has presided over who presided over some of the trials, so the judge has a fucking vested interest and yeah. being like, no, he is guilty. I wasn't fooled, mm -hmm. you know, said, quote, I think Stora Bergaval is fooling us now. That's what I think. I don't think he's harmless. He may be a nice old man. I don't know. But the psychiatrists up there say he's still dangerous. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, you don't want to admit that you were wrong as a judge. I mean, look at the fucking judge in the fucking Rittenhouse trial. He's a fucking. Oh, that's my beyond God. not wanting to that admit judge. you're wrong. That's Jesus that's Christ. Full on blatant psychosis and yeah. racism yeah he Super fun. so back to this case he is dangerous considering what he's already done for mm -hmm. like a bloomin onion or whatever <laughs> but <laughs> does, what would this man do for a bloomin onion for a right. Klondike bar for some exactly. fucking fish and chips and a and an outing in that respect he's dangerous but like as far as him murdering upwards of 30 extra people, which many of which were proven he sure as fuck did not. There's mm. no hard evidence that he ever murdered a anyone. Anyone, yeah. yeah. Yep. So that is my case. Wow. Love it. What a mess. What a what pretty a mess. mess. Yep. There you go. Nicely done. Thank I you. I really want a Bloomin' Onion now. Yeah. Well, let's hear a word from our sponsor and get through my case so you can go get yourself one, honey. Okay. Tis the season of giving. Oh, 
And after a long, hard 18 months, uh. comfort is what we all crave. Mm-hmm. So this year, give the gift of comfort with Brooklinen this holiday season. Oh my gosh. Please do. Because seriously, what is the best gift if not the gift of comfort? Whether that's a huge blanket, like (laughs) just a huge blanket, just a weighted blanket. The biggest weightedest blanket. Yes. Or like a whole spa day wrapped around your body because their bathrobes are exactly that. That's that Brooklyn and just has options for everyone on your list. And if you're looking for more ways to stay cozy, check out Brooklyn's candles, eye masks, and accessories. Love those the little, eye masks. Just those little touches around your house that make your home feel like the spa. I'm obsessed. There are gifts for everyone at every budget. So you can go big with that with the super plush towels, the Lux bedding bundle for family, or you can get a puzzle for your best friend's neighbor when they host that holiday party that you're being forced to go to last minute. You totally <laughs> forgot, but you had ordered that puzzle. Thank God. And now you can give them the puzzle. There's literally something for everyone. And Brooklinen's goal is to create beautiful, high quality home essentials that don't cost an arm and a leg. It's the perfect place to find the best gift and their customer service. Come on. Clearly, they get their eight hours every night because they are a dream to work with if you ever have an issue, which you probably won't. You probably won't. But if you mm-hmm. do, they're there for you. Also, mm-hmm. we have all their Brooklyn and sheets, their towels. Yeah. OMG. Yeah. They're everything. Everything. So check out the gift guide and find the perfect present at every price point. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code GALS to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code G-A-L-S for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. One more time, that is brooklinen.com, promo code GALS, and treat you sleep. Treat it. So if you have listened to the show or frankly, just listen to us ranting on our personal pages <laughs> yeah. for a while, you will know that we are all obsessed with playing Best Fiends year round. Mm-hmm. But I especially love playing Best Fiends during the holiday season. It is the perfect pick me up when I need a break from holiday action or maybe holiday in-law chatter, oh et cetera. You just I need to like it. get a little bit of an escape, just mm-hmm. a little bit. Just I play around love, best fiends. I love to take an extra 20 minutes in the bathroom, if you know oh, what I mean. Oh, yeah. I 30. Do my best, I do my best fiending. <laughs> I love it. I am in the middle of a couple of like special, you know, holiday themed quests right now oh, there's the, like, like the, the side quests the side quests there's like the turkey day challenges yep. going on the mm-hmm. ice cream race yes i'm in love i'm currently on level 2296 holy god lord i know every time we do an <laughs> ad i'm like 200 levels past where we were the last time this oh, is how much i love playing it you played in the tub all the time i do i can't help myself and it's so fun it's such a unique game so best fiends has like everything it has an amazing storyline it has collectible fiends you know i love collectibles It has a ton of fun puzzles. I seriously can't put it down. It's quite possibly the best puzzle game out there. Yes. And 
I have been traveling a little bit more again. You know, we're vaccinated, we're double masking, we're doing our part. And I could play it on the plane because you don't need Wi-Fi to play it. Best Fiends plays wherever and whenever you want to. They have an offline mode and you can just do it. So if holiday travel is like part of your routine, you could still play Best Fiends and they switch it up. They keep it interesting. It's always challenging. You know, I I, I don't want to like flex too hard about that level that I'm on, but 2,229 is pretty good. It's but, a lot. It's it's great. It's a lot. But Best Fiends has thousands of levels, as you know, and there are more added all the time. So you're not going to like run out and beat the game oh, and yeah. then the game is just useless. Like, Don't get me always... wrong. I'm jealous. Oh, yeah. Of course you are. <laughs> I get it. It's it's my one true talent. But there's always a fresh challenge waiting for me when I need a little like mental break. So I love it. It has everything I need. I gotta say the travel thing is like the biggest draw it's for key. me. You mm-hmm. can play it on the airplane, on your airplane mode. It's it's really, really satisfying. Mm-hmm. So download Best Fiends free today on the Apple Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. You know, it's funny. There are all these gimmicks that promise a great night's sleep. And like, I have fallen for almost all of them. I had a mattress <laughs> topper. I have, I purchased like the fancy pillows. Like it's all supposed to be transformative. You always honestly, have like the fancy bedding. You really I do. do. I really do. Because I go for the gimmicks, but I don't care what kind of toppers there are or how heavy a blanket might be. It's lipstick on a pig, people. If you're sleeping on a terrible mattress, your sleep is going to be terrible. It's that simple. There's really nothing else you can do about it. And that is why I recommend sleeping on a purple mattress. Purple has changed the game. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Yep. And it's because only purple mattresses have the gel flex grid. Mm. Say that 10 times fast. Gel flex grid. Gel flex grid. Okay, not really. Okay. <laughs> it's a super stretchy, ultra squishy material that adapts and flexes around pressure points, and it also doesn't retain heat. Mm-hmm. True story. I had a couple of friends over the other night, and they were talking to be to me about mattresses, and I said, "Oh, just go have a lie down in my guest mm-hmm. room because I got a purple mattress." And they were ecstatic, like they yeah. were shocked. Yep. And they're like, but this feels like really cool. Like even after I've been laying on it, I'm like, yeah, it's the mm-hmm. grid, people. Mm-hmm. So this the g- grid. The grid. This gel flex grid is amazingly supportive for your back and your legs while cushioning your shoulders, neck, and hips. Mm-hmm. So no matter how you sleep, you're gonna be comfy. Yep. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of feels like memory foam. But unlike memory foam, it doesn't remember every twist and fart, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and then, like, remember it forever and never change back. Yeah, there are downfalls to remembering everything. Mm -hmm. So thanks to the Gel Flex Grid, purple mattresses bounce back as you move and shift. So you'll never have that, like, I'm stuck, Mm -hmm. like, trapped in the middle of your mattress. In that a you pool get with of sweat that you get with your memory foam. Also, yeah. memory 
foam doesn't yeah. breathe that well. Mm-mm. So we are huge fans of both the purple mattresses and the purple pillows over here. Mm-hmm. And so right now you can try your purple mattress risk-free with free shipping and returns and financing is also available. So you got to test it out. Try it out. You got to. And getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress. So get a purple mattress. Go to purple.com slash gals10 and use code gals10. For a limited time, you can get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash gals10, code gals10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more purple.com slash gals10 promo code gals10 terms apply and treat your sleep trade out all right here we go so Uh-oh. in in the true fashion <laughs> of my scandinavian ancestors this case is weird as hell mm-hmm. it's also dark as hell because it's a fan pick you thought this episode than we are well yeah you thought this episode was gonna be sweet as chef but it's not <laughs> so it stars villain in training and then reached masterful peak Peter Madsen, who is a Danish entrepreneur and engineer. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Peter is undeniably clever and as a kid got into science stuff and chemistry. He was totally like an erector set kid. Like yeah. I had a neighbor across the street when I was growing up who's probably listening now. Hello, Sam, who like loved to take apart the phone when mm-hmm. we had like a landline and, put it and then put together. it back together. That was mm-hmm. like. When he was doing crystal meth or? No, just as a child, like for funsies. He was the little blonde boy at the beginning of, oh my God, how am I blanking on it? The baseball movie when we were little. Sandlot. Field of Dreams. Sandlot. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. But, you know, Sam had dark hair. But yeah. But yes. So he especially got into rackets and made his first large model rocket at the age of 15 and launched it over 300 feet in the air. Wow, good job. Yeah. As an older teen, he joined the Donsk Amateur Racket Club, or DARK, oh. where he <laughs> n- <laughs> where he made rackets with his friends. Oh, rackets. Oh, I thought it was rackets like a club. racket club. Like racket tennis. club. That's racket. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah, keep up. Well, this is spelled. She said racket. <laughs> I did. I did. But that's how it's spelled. Racket versus racket. Racket. <laughs> and while he never attended like an official college, I guess he took some classes and then he was like, fuck this. This is boring. I'm going to do my own thing. He mm-hmm. did learn trades in welding and engineering with a specific interest in building submarines. First red flag. <laughs> yup. If you're October. that into submarines. Submarines are fucking terrifying. Yeah. Maybe you did murder 30 plus people. Yeah. I don't think there is anything less natural for a human than a submarine. I, I mean, have one. A diving bell. Yeah. Diving bells are my... Biggest fear. Are those yeah, like scary? Be in one scary and then get tank head. Hat it's a things. big, heavy tank yeah, yeah, yeah. head, and then it just yeah. sinks you to the bottom. You should play the video the game Bioshock. Ocean. You would love it. No, I can't even talk about it with like gas without like gasping for air. Like yeah. I have to be like <gasps> reminding myself that I'm above sea level. Well, I mean, yeah. it gets worse. So cool, 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 cool. He, unsurprisingly, was a bit off-putting to, like, his friends, colleagues, and fellow dark 
rocket making nerd the members. the racket club. The racket club. <laughs> Some would joke that he was so polarizing and outspoken that his, quote, name alone would start the fire sprinkler system. <laughs> One journalist described him as, quote, angry with God and everyone. He has a hard time getting along with other people. He has lofty ambitions and wants to do everything his way. I mean, I get bag. it. Oh. fucking yikes (laughs) wow well we found the one area where you differ Mm -hmm. (laughs) we found it so it should also come as no surprise because of just the topic this week that he is a blonde man oh they're all blonde men Mm -hmm. yeah never trust him no he also described himself as an inventorpreneur which i feel like is the blonde man version of girl boss yeah (laughs) inventorpreneur i fucking can't yuck how do i make tech bro douchier Put it on leggings. Let's go. At an EUR. So, dude loved the spotlight, so he ate up the press when in 2008 he built the first private submarine in Danish history called the UC3 Nautilus. This guy is basically He's Elon Musk. I would say like literally my next line is because eccentric, rich, white weirdos have to conquer every corner of the universe, including space and the ocean. Yeah. So let's build a rocket for under the water. Ew. Yeah. Was it shaped like a dick? Probably. Like, why There's pictures on the drive this, of it. Why is this? Like, first of all, submarine technology, fucking rocket launching technology, whatever, like all of that already exists. Mm-hmm. Like, why are these men given such, like, special attention and resources and whatever? Like, shouldn't we be focusing on, like, entrenched social problems, public health, things that, like, would actually help society and not just, like, I'm, I made this thing yeah, go fast. There, there's a I reason can't. why, like, reinventing the wheel yeah. is a euphemism for being completely redundant and stupid. Yeah, there's well, so many can't... like tech bros who are like, oh, we invented like mass transport that, you know, s- drops people at different stops and aligns. It's like, that's a fucking bus. Yeah. Well, it's colonist and capitalist mindset yeah. at the core it. of all of it. That's it. what it is. It's fucking white supremacy. I hate it. He launched his fucking submarine into the water in Copenhagen. The submarine took Three years to build. It costs two hundred and twenty thousand American dollars, which, like, I don't know if that's like the going rate for a submarine. Or and if this that's was the early aughts, so like, I don't know. I really don't. I, I've never built rate. a submarine, so feels like a shoddy submarine. If I'm being honest, no, it's it was actually like really fucking like great. that's a cost saving measure. I think it oh, was that's so very cheap. I I think it was super cheap because a lot of it was volunteer based. He's got like friends who worked for like NASA. Okay. It was like a big volunteer effort. So I think that's mostly materials, to be honest. Okay. So that's like crazy, crazy, crazy cheap. It's super cheap. Because I'm seeing prices between like 
The lowest I'm seeing is like 2.9 billion. Are you yeah. Googling prices for submarines right I now? I Googled going rate for submarine. <laughs> well, okay, but this is also a small and recreational submarine. I don't know mm. what kind of submarine you're looking going at. Going rate for recreational submarine. Okay. Which Let's I don't even going. know if those are available. One million. Still. Well, yeah. So either way, this was not expensive. It was like a hobby, like a project among it other nerds. It was a potato gun that yes. you could sit in underwater. My dad Basically. made it. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. But okay. I mean, not not it's not a not incredible feat. I mean, a bunch of dudes who just like knew fucking engineering yeah. and tech he, like, got together and were like, let's make a small submarine. This would be cool. And then they fucking did it. Like, right. I don't begrudge that accomplishment, but also like, why? I think I right. just don't like it because I know how this turns out. Right. Uh, yeah, I already right, don't right. like it. Exactly. Right. If he was so, like a nice dude, it'd yeah, be it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a problem. So after many tweaks and returns to the drawing board, the vessel was successfully launched in October of 2008 to much excitement and acclaim. So this is from Wikipedia, quote, Nautilus could be crewed by up to eight people for service operation and four when diving. The submarine moved at five to six knots. I don't care or know how fast that is. Not super fast. Not that fast. Great. Depending on conditions and whether it was submerged, the submarine could be operated by a single person from the control room. So like, it still had to be crewed by up to four people, but you could like steer it and like control all the electrical from it wasn't by a one drone person marine. from one room. Yes. All controls and indicators were accessible from the captain's seat for controlling buoyancy, pumps, engines, air pressure, communication, video, and other electric systems. By 2017, the submarine had been referred to as a 59-foot art project because of its <laughs> odd uses. It was used primarily for recreation, but also as inspiration for, like, video game development. Like, there was this one post-apocalyptic video game, I guess, that used it for some of its, like, underwater world building. I don't know. Okay. And one time, Peter commissioned a rocket to be launched off of the front of it, because why the fuck not? And there are photos on the drive. He's combining his two loves. He built, oh, had this rocket built, literally like stuck a launch pad on the front of a submarine, didn't submerge the submarine, but drove it out Great. into the Baltic you and could launched launch, a rocket off of it. I feel like it. you could launch a rocket off of a floating dock. You can. It doesn't you literally can. <laughs> but that's not as cool as off of the front off of, of your a own submarine, submarine that is not submerged. Not as cool. Exactly. So just a floating dildo. Yep. So this oddball submarine was the perfect media fodder, and Kim Wall, a Swedish freelance journalist, had been itching for an interview with Peter. Kim was a brilliant writer and journalist with a bachelor's in international relations from the London School of Economics and Damn. a double master's in journalism and international relations from Columbia University in good old NYC. So basically, the smartest person you in could the, ever Yeah, in the room of. always. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, just like the most prestigious. The most smartest. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> she wrote pieces for a bunch of publications that we know quite well, including The Guardian, The New York Times, Vice, Slate, and Time Magazine. And while she knew how to tell a great story, she also had an eye for what stories needed to be told and was awarded for this with her piece on climate change and nuclear weapons testing in the Marshall Islands. So basically, she was a brilliant badass and super fucking talented and also like just seemed like a wonderful person. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So she reaches out to Peter for an interview. She had asked for this interview months prior and hadn't heard back. So when she finally got a response in August of 2017, she jumped on it, regardless of the fact that she was in the middle of prepping for her own farewell party because she and her partner were moving to Beijing that month, like days later. That is so heartbreaking. So she's busy as hell and is like, I can give you two hours. And he's like, hell yes, come take a ride with me on my submarine. And Kim agrees and boards the submarine. Because this is why she's doing the story. And she's like, a journalist. You your own submarine. Yeah. It, it all makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, who wouldn't have done the same? Everyone Listen, would have done the same. Any fucker on the street could be like, hey, girl, mm-hmm. you want to check out my submarine? And I'd be like, wait, like a real submarine? He'd be like, yeah, I built a submarine. And I'd be like, dope. Where do we meet? Like, it's not I don't hard think to I'd kill like me. It, but yeah. Yeah, but we're, we're not the same. I need to see she's- it. Supposed to go, yeah. you know. She's I a don't journalist. Even have the, I don't even have the excuse of I reached out to you with the explicit purpose of talking to yeah, you she about your out submarine. To him about it to do a story, right? And it's so, Denmark. You think yeah. that like it all seemed safe? Yeah, exactly. So she agrees and boards the submarine on the afternoon of August tenth, twenty seventeen. She was never seen again, and the submarine never returned to the harbor. It was spotted a few miles out by a lighthouse the next morning, and a search crew pulled Peter from the vessel, but no Kim. Kim's partner had reported her missing the night before when she didn't return home from the interview. Eleven days later, a torso was found washed up on a beach by a passing cyclist that was identified as Kim's. Just a torso. Just a torso. Arms, no head. Just a torso. Divers would spend months searching for the rest of her remains, which were found scattered in the Baltic between Denmark and Sweden. Some were washed ashore and some were out in the water in weighted bags. Jesus. This is from a Danish publication that I translated to English using Google, so bear with me. (laughs) The body parts from the Swedish journalist Kim Wall have been found about a thousand meters south of the places where Swedish specially trained dead dogs, oops, cadaver dogs, (laughs) like cadaver dogs, dogs. (laughs) have made a number of markings during the recent investigation of the murder case. The head of, uh, well, they did find the head, but that's not what it says. (laughs) The head of homicide at the Copenhagen police, Jens Moller Jensen, who is the most Copenhagen thing ever. Jens Jensen. Jens Jensen said this at a press conference earlier today where it emerged that divers from the Navy's mining service have found both Kim Wall's head and both legs as well as her clothes. The Swedish police dogs are trained to be able to sniff across water for clues, which is pretty fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. On three occasions, they have been part of the investigation into the murder of Kim Wall, and each time they have made several selections. So, like, she was dismembered. Mm -hmm. Jens Moller Jensen said that it is only later in the search for the body parts from the Swedish journalist that the dogs have helped. So like they already established kind of what area they were in and that's when the dogs Mm -hmm. are the most useful. Mm -hmm. There was no one who had a belief that scent traces from the corpses could drift that far, he explained. Divers found a bag with Kim Wall's shirt, skirt, socks, shoes, and a knife yesterday morning. There were also some lead weights in the bag to hold it down. Around noon, divers made a new find where they found two legs, and shortly after, Kim Wall's head was found in a bag weighed down by several pieces of metal. It's amazing that these divers were able to find so much. Yeah, it's I incredible. mean, incredible because when it you think so about quickly. it, happened so quickly. When he was pulled out of the submarine the next morning, he was like immediately apprehended by police. So this was mm-hmm. only as far as he could have scattered the remains, going only up to six knots. 
in a bay of the Baltic, which like that space, that stretch of water between Denmark and Sweden is not very big. So like, yes, it's amazing that they could find it all, but also it wasn't in a super wide area. And there isn't like like a crazy current going through there. Yeah, exactly. So forensic investigation of the submarine did not find any alarming evidence, no blood or signs of a struggle. But he had all night to wash up. And then as he was being rescued, he intentionally sunk the vessel with the hatch wide open to destroy evidence. So like it isn't surprising that they didn't find anything on the submarine because when they got the submarine out of the fucking Baltic, it was completely full of water, of water. Mm -hmm. Like everything is washed away. Mm -hmm. However, Kim's dismembered remains clearly told a different story. She had been bound and stabbed multiple times, mostly around the genital area. Her lungs indicated that her cause of death was either strangulation or mechanical asphyxiation, which is the medical term for having like your throat slit. No. Oh, oh, oh. She had either been strangled or had her throat slit. Oh. It's a, they're like, that, that's what they what could the get from fuck? the lungs. But since she'd been decapitated, there's no way to actually be able to assess whether mm-hmm. strangulation was the cause of death mm-hmm. or. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It, so fucked up. So, like I said, since her head was removed from her body and this was this was impossible to determine from the remains. And Peter still to this day has not divulged the exact details of how he killed Kim. Peter's DNA DNA was not found on, on the body or any of the body parts. Underwater. But again, that isn't uncommon considering she was in the water for various lengths of time. There was also semen collected from Peter's undergarments, which were turned over to police upon his arrest. So he was arrested like as soon as he was quote unquote rescued mm-hmm. from the vessel because Kim had been reported missing by her partner. And her mm-hmm. partner was like, she met up with that fucking weirdo in the Peter What's his face in a submarine. And there was and only one other person on the submarine with her. Right. And I haven't fucking seen them since. So from BBC News, quote, the prosecution painted a picture of a man who enjoyed watching videos. Okay, sorry. I'm catching myself right now realizing I said earlier that the submarine had to be crewed by four people. That's not true. He could operate it himself. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. So I misunderstood that part. And I'm just clarifying. But maybe to be like properly. Right. For like a brief, a two hour cruise. And I don't think they were planning to submerge necessarily. Mm So. Yeah. Yeah. So from BBC News, quote, the prosecution painted a picture of a man who enjoyed watching videos of women being killed or tortured, which were found on his workshop computer. So he had like not cleared his porn history at all. And he had been watching this shit like this escalating shit for fucking months. By the way, even if you do clear it, they can still find that. Uh, shit. Oh, yeah, for sure. But this guy did not fucking clear his search history. He's me. He's me. Hmm. Judge Reinhold. (laughs) <laughs> Peter Madsen had watched a beheading video shortly before he had taken Kim Wall out in the submarine, they said. It had been found by police on a backup profile of his iPhone. So, like, he, I guess, tried mm. to kind of cover it up, but mm-hmm. failed. During the trial, prosecutor Jakob Buch Jepsen said it was unclear how Kim Wall had died, but it was clearly intentional and with a sexual motive. Mm-hmm. Madsen had already asked other women to join him on the sub that week, but no one else had come, thank God. Ew. Imagine how creepy you have to be 
to be asking multiple women onto your submarine? And they all say no. They all said no <laughs> except the journalist. No. Imagine she if you were asked like, him. I know. Well, yeah, she wants to write a story about him. Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect yeah. sense. Like, I'm you saying, know, but all week long, that he date? was like, Hey, baby, want to come on my submarine? No, 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 no. You're a fucking well, creep. And, and then this uh, woman comes like, hey, can I see your submarine? He's like, yes. Yeah. Here's what freaks Gross. me out so much about this, though. So she reached out to him a while ago. And, and he, he didn't, didn't respond. Because he didn't want And the now best. in like the, the two couple weeks leading up to this, he he's desperately like, trying to get other women to come on the sub. Yeah, and he's absolutely. like watching all this crazy fucking porn and these beheading videos. Yep. I think he got it in his head way before she. Oh, it's premeditated. Oh, yeah. a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. And that he was going to try out tactics mm-hmm. on these other women before. Or, or she just, you know, he was throwing, you know, whatever at the wall to see what stuck. And I don't she think was so, a, though, because she, she reached out to, to him and. Out. He didn't respond for a while. He, but he responded when he was horny and had a plan. Well, sure. But I I think that he was calculating wanting to kill her specifically. This is my theory. And that mm. he didn't respond until things started to escalate. And then yeah. he was like, oh, I want to practice first. And so I don't know. I, th- I just feel like I he think was- we agree except for the word practice. Yeah. I think yeah. he wanted to fucking practice his tactics on yeah. these ladies yeah, is my he just wanted anyway, to kill some ladies the women he invited on the sub were obviously super fucking creeped out by him he had written blog posts about stabbing and mutilating women like his live journal was like in his own name i guess ew Come or at on, least a dude. very thinly veiled screen name Dear you God. know they it's it was really easy to link it to him so one of the women that he invited onto the sub was invited only two days before Kim. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and this is from a publication called The Week. Quote, the witness love who's- Love The I- Week. I love The Week. Actually, <laughs> next so boyfriend's good. dad got me a subscription to The Week as a oh, gift once, and it was a really lucky. good gift. I it's think I need to resubscribe. It's got a lot of good stuff. It's good for millennial brains. It's just a mm-hmm. lot of little snippets. It's basically yes. Twitter, but like printed out. I love it. And what's nice about this is that it was snippets, but like all pertaining to this case Mm. and in like a timeline. Mm -hmm, It was really nice. I really liked it. It's very digestible. Thank Mm -hmm. you, The Week. Love The Week. So, quote, the witness, this is the one who was invited two days before Kim was murdered. The witness, whose identity was not revealed, told the court that she declined, but that he contacted her again online to repeat the invitation Mm -hmm. two days before he allegedly murdered Wall. So, like, Mm -hmm. he'd reached out to her before. She said no. He reached out again. And then he reached out again and was like, hey, what wait, f- but come on my sub. What a freak. Come yeah. on my sub. She <laughs> goes, quote, I thought it was a little odd that he wrote to me. She said, if it had been my submarine, I would not have invited me when I didn't answer the first time. <laughs> I love her so much. Just because it had it been submarine. my submarine. If it had been my submarine. <laughs> if somebody says no to the first invite and they yeah. don't follow up. That maybe. doesn't mean go to a different platform and invite yeah. them again. Like right. That's not how it works. That's how you get blocked. Maybe that's how you get blocked. invited me when I didn't answer the, <laughs> first, the first time, time. on my submarine. <laughs> I love her. I love her so much. <laughs> it also came out in court that Peter texted his ex-wife about 20 minutes after murdering Kim and the text read, quote, I'm on a little adventure with the Nautilus, his submarine, and doing well, sailing in the moonlight, not diving, hugs to the cats. 
That's what he fucking texted his ex-wife after brutally murdering Ugh. this woman, this stranger. Hugs yep. to the cats. Yep. I can never say that again. Ever. He's sick. He's fucking sick. So Peter had originally been charged with negligent manslaughter, but between his changing stories and absolutely zero evidence to back up his claims of accidental death. Yeah, super not accidental, bruh. Well, okay. Stabbed her a bunch, (laughs) beheaded her, and then stripped her, and then cut her up. Cut her up, and then sent the bags, weighed it. Like, no, it was not an accidental death. You're in a submarine, and you're in the ocean, and you could have made it look like an accidental death, Okay, you didn't. Hold on. Jesus fucking Christ. painkillers are setting in. Clearly wearing off. (laughs) I'm mad. So he (laughs) said when he was first apprehended, he changed his story three times. First he said... that he had dropped her off on shore and he hadn't seen her again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then all this evidence was stacking up against him and they were like, hey, buddy, no, we know that's not the case. And then he was like, okay, okay, I'll tell you what really happened. We were on the boat or on the sub. We were like going to go up to the, you know, through the hatch and take a look out on the water. I'm the king of the world. But the hatch fell on her and hit her in the head and killed her. And I freaked out. I tried for like hours to lift her up out of the boat my, or out of the sub myself. I couldn't do it. So I decided that the only way to like save face was to cut her up and get rid of her and hope that I could You're make not it that seem that like far Okay, Robert Durst. Exactly. Okay, Robert You're Durst. You're not that yes. far from shore. You could have, you had phone signal. Oh, yeah. Then her head was found. And the forensic examiners were like, LOL, no blunt force trauma to the head. So that story doesn't add up. And also and she then was he was stabbed like, a bunch in her right, genitals. Right. And then he was like, well, she actually died of like toxic fumes, like CO2. Like I had gone up to the, to the top to check the conditions for us to take a look out or whatever. And when I... Went to open the hatch again. There was like a hot wind that came up out of there, and I realized there was I'm a sure CO2 there was leak a hot and, wind. Yeah, somebody's and they blowing were, a lot of smoke. Exactly, but basically, <laughs> there's no forensic evidence to have supported fucking any of this. No, at all. Obviously, so you had a charges, whole day to think up a fucking plausible story. Well, yeah, he had a whole night, but he's in the middle of because he was picked up at like ten thirty in the morning. The, and he, had he didn't care about her getting away around with it. Like he wanted to kill her. He wanted to cut her up. That yeah. was his jollies. Yeah, he and didn't I didn't care just what his like, uh, what his alibi was going to be. No, he's probably like, I'm rich and white. I'm going to durst this and just see what happens. Yeah, and it did not work for him. So his charges were upgraded to murder, and he was found guilty in January of 2018. And he also faced charges and was found guilty for indecent handling of a corpse and sexual assault. So the prosecution's assertion that he had tortured Kim before killing her was never confirmed, but I certainly believe that he did. He was Being sentenced to in life. a submarine alone that, is torture. I mean, it's already yeah. with this man. Yeah. You could argue torture. that. Correct. Even though I totally would have wanted to check out the submarine, but yes. So he was sentenced to life in a prison in Copenhagen, which we'll get to that. So this wouldn't be a real wine and crime episode without a mo- like this motherfucker finding his way back into the news. So... In October of 2020, Peter took a female psychologist, like a prison psychologist, hostage in an escape attempt. What the fuck? Yeah. 
According to NBC News, he used objects resembling a gun. So maybe he like whittled something or like crafted something and an explosive bomb belt to threaten not only the life of the doctor that he'd taken hostage, but the lives of other people, prisoners and guards in the prison if he wasn't allowed to escape. I have a question. Yes. So uh, use an object resembling a gun and resembling an explosive bomb belt or an actual explosive bomb belt. Resembling both. Resembling. Okay. He fashioned himself a little costume, a little props. Correct. And people didn't want to take a chance. In October of 2020, he was Halloween in it. Yeah. Oh. Oh, it was my costume. He was the only one Halloween in it. Or my bomb belt. (laughs) So he did make it through the doors and the doctor was unharmed. No, like nobody got hurt. Thank God. But he was captured about a mile from the prison within five minutes of the guards calling in his escape to local authorities. What a fucking idiot. What's even dumber about this is that life sentences in Denmark usually mean 16 years in prison. And convicts are reassessed to determine whether they would pose a danger to society if released. And this determines if they will be kept longer or not. So it's like parole. Yeah. So he could have just waited. Like, if you get a 16-year sentence. It's not that long when you murdered someone brutally in a premeditated fashion. It's not. However, I do kind of support, like, shorter initial sentences with the... Like facing a, a panel, basically of assessment, like a reanalysis. Because, you know, I have a lot of problems with our justice system. This doesn't bother the, me that much because most of the time, if you get a life sentence, that just means you're going before a board in 16 years, and they're going, "Yeah, you're still a danger to society." Mandatory minimums are a big you. issue. Yeah, here. so I I don't have a problem with this, but it's like he's just so fucking stupid because if he had waited out his 16 years. As like a model prisoner. Right. He had he at least had a, a chance. chance. But this is fucking so crazy. That he, there's like, no way. Now he's a huge risk. Like there's no fucking way. They're never. They're not going to. They're not going to clear him. Clarice. Literally. Mm-hmm. Hello Clarice. And then like ran off and got caught within a mile. You fucking loser piece of shit. I hate this man. He's. Hot terrible. Take. I know. I know everybody else is saying how great he is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I he's honestly, he's so terrible. God. Yeah, he's 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 scum of the fucking like sub scum. The scum, submarine scum, scum, submarine scum. He's the scum under the fingernails of the scum that's and under the submarine. So, it's just so fucking tragic and senseless. Like she was this young person, brilliant. Yep. Everything going for her, people who loved her. She had a story she wanted to write. Yeah, and it's one of those fucking things. She was doing her job, and the other reason, even if he hadn't escaped, the other reason I feel like they may have never, or at least certainly not after the first sixteen years, approved his release, is because it's like this was this weird sort of fantasy and fetish that he had built up in his head. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't have an existing relationship with this woman. Mm-mm. She's just was someone who presented herself because of her it job. It was both premeditated and opportunistic. And just easy, pi- yeah, it was like easy picking. It so both. it's like, she reaches out, and then he's like, oh. Yeah, uh-huh. this is a woman who will actually come on my sub. Right, Yeah. So I don't know. Saying, come just, on my sub. Come on, come on my <laughs> it's sub. So gross. 
We've said it a bunch. <laughs> Rub it up, dub. Come on my sub. She'll, she'll come on your sub, but she is not gonna come on your sub. Absolutely no. fucking. I don't care what your not. fantasy is, but it's not happening. Come uh, on so, my sub, like rub of a dub. Ick. Blonde Peter, you're a piece of shit. I hope you fucking rot in hell. And yeah. every breath you take is painful and you have an itch you can't scratch like deep on the lower or the middle of your back that you can like never get. Yeah, and yeah. That's like, your shoulder blades. Yeah, and that your funny bone yeah. like is always tingling and you can never get relief mm-hmm. and you have heartburn until the day that you die. These are the Ooh, things I wish for you. Nice. Okay. And it burns when you Having pee. experienced all of those things. Oh, and that it burns when you pee. I've and you can't taste too. or smell anything. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced that too. So I want, they're all bad. I want all of these things to happen. And many to more. To this fucker. And many more. <laughs> and you have anyway, to do thanks, jazz hands 100% of the time. Every oh, time you exhausting. fart, you have to do jazz hands while screaming. God. Ah! <laughs> so thank you to our fan picker, Lena Gerding Uwe. Lena Gerding Uwe. Lena Gerding Uwe. And Tucson Talk Lena. Oh, I and don't speak Lena. I don't speak Lena. <laughs> and uh, thank you for this. Uh, there's a lot happening in the in the Scandinavian the countries. World. There's a lot. There's a lot more than I anticipated. So thank you on. for opening our eyes. And we'll Horrible. talk to you next week. See you next All week. Right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Cheers!